Welcome to the Painesville Assembly of God podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this ministry to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending us an email at info at Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey, welcome. We are so glad once again that you have joined us today. I'm so excited because we are starting a new series today, Overcomer. And, uh, you know, life is full of obstacles. It's full of all kinds of things that, uh, that come our way, that can trip us up, that can be challenges in our lives, you know, challenges like loneliness, bitterness, disappointment, fear, anxiety, worry, temptation. There's a whole lot of challenges that we face today. But I want you to know that through Jesus Christ, he wants us to become an overcomer. In fact, a life with Christ is a life of victory and a life of an overcomer. And so in this series over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at some of those areas. We're going to take one each week and we're going to delve into that challenge and we're going to see some truths in God's word. What does God's word say that empowers us with that truth so that we can live an overcoming life? You know, today we're going to talk about one of those things that all of us face. Many of you are facing, even today, I don't know anybody that's escaped this one, it's fear, fear. And we sang about it throughout worship today, but fear is something that affects us all. Perhaps you were a child, and uh, whenever there was a thunderstorm that was happening uh, in your, that was happening around, you got afraid of thunderstorms, or maybe it was the dark, or maybe it was a monster under your bed, or in your closet, or the boogeyman. There's all kinds of childish fears. Then you got to be a teenager, and maybe life at home was a little bit rocky, and your greatest fear uh, was maybe that your parents' marriage wasn't going to, to last. Then as we get older, we experience adult fears, things that come with responsibilities. Perhaps one of your adult fears that you have right now is what's going on with the economy. Maybe you're fearing what's happening in your life. What happens if you lose your job? Maybe you've already lost your job and you see your savings account shrinking and the bills piling up and you're, you, you're finding yourself overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. Uh, maybe you haven't lost your job yet, but your fear is, is that perhaps that's coming. You could lose your job. Some of us fear this virus. What if I catch it? What if somebody in my family catches it? If you're a parent, you might fear for your children. You might fear for their safety. You might fear what, what if they get it or an aging parent. There, there's a lot of things that can creep in and that can create fear in our lives. Fear uh, it has been with us in, in the past and in the future. But you know, Jesus Christ wants us to be an overcomer. Now, let me tell you something about Jesus and being an overcomer. His disciples were uh, experiencing some trouble. He was getting to, ready to, to leave. They weren't sure what was going on. And in John chapter 16 and verse 33, he said this, I told you these things that in me you may have peace. Notice what he says. In this life, you will have trouble. But he says this, take heart for I have overcome the world. In this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
Now, we know that Jesus Christ overcame. He was victorious. We celebrated that last week when we celebrated Easter. Not only his death on the cross, but his resurrection. And because Jesus Christ resurrected, he overcame death. He overcame sin, the penalty of sin, the challenges of sin. And therefore, Jesus Christ was an overcomer. Now, he says this, that in me, you too can overcome the world. Listen, 1 John 5, 4 gives us another passage and promise about being an overcomer. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Even our faith. Now listen, in Christ, did you see the connection? Because Jesus overcame, when we are in Christ, when we are born again, we have the power of being an overcomer in our lives. That same power to overcome is in our lives. So when it comes to what we were talking about, these fears that creep up, these things that come into our lives, we can overcome these fears through who? Through Jesus Christ. We are an overcomer because of what Jesus Christ has done. Now, sometimes there are good fears. Not all fear is bad. Fear is an emotion that God has given us as human beings. But it's fear in the right things. You see, sometimes that you teach your children, hey, fear strangers. You know, if you don't know somebody, you need, to, you need to fear a stranger. Why? Because some harm might come to them. You teach them a busy road. You stop and you look both ways. You just don't run out. Why? A healthy fear is good. And the Bible talks about a healthy fear when it comes to the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs 9, 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And, and that's the kind of fear that we should have. But, but there's another fear that holds us captive. There's another fear that can come into our lives. And, and those kind of fears that are not the fear of the Lord, those kind of fears can be detrimental to us. They can cause us all kinds of problems and they can hold us captive. That's why Paul wrote to his son in the faith, Timothy. And he told him this in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You know what that tells me? That tells me that, that there is a fear outside of the fear of the Lord, that any kind of fear outside of the fear of the Lord is not good. It's not of God. It's, it's a fear that holds us captive and it's not the promise that God has given us. God doesn't want us to be afraid. God doesn't want us to be held captive by our fears. You know, some have said that fear is the opposite of faith. But you know, I happen to think that, that fear is faith in the wrong things. Fear is really faith in the wrong things. And today I pray that we're going to take our faith out of the wrong things. And today you're going to overcome fear as we encourage today through God's word. We're going to be encouraged on how we can put our faith in Jesus Christ, how we can put our faith in God. Now let's begin. I want to I simply begin by defining what fear is. If fear is putting our faith in the wrong things, then then what are the wrong things? Well, one of the first things I believe is that, that fear is putting our faith in the what ifs, in the what ifs. You, you know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you know, but in Exodus chapter three, we get an example of this, a guy by the name of Moses. Let me just share a little bit of backstory here. You know, Moses was someone that was uh, born in captivity as a, a Hebrew in Egypt, but his mom had to float him down the river and he found himself being adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And so here he was now in the palace. She had adopted him and he became a stepson uh, of Pharaoh's daughter. Therefore, he was in the royal family. He had the opportunity to experience all of the good things. He was not living as a slave. He had the opportunity to live a free life. 
He had the opportunity to enjoy all the benefits uh, of, the, of the kingdom. But one day he saw an Egyptian slave master mistreating one of the Hebrew slaves. And he, he was just angry about that, as, as anyone should be by that mistreatment. But he decided to take some matters into his own hands. He lost his temper and he killed that Egyptian slave master. Well, soon he found out that word was out. He couldn't hide it any longer. And so he ran. He ran into the wilderness and it was there that he had become a shepherd. And he was a shepherd for 40 years in the wilderness when all of a sudden he had an experience, a place he had probably walked many times with the sheep. He suddenly saw a bush that was burning, but the Bible describes it as something that was not burning up. And so he was curious by this. And so he stepped aside as any of us would to see. And all of a sudden, the creator of the universe, God began to speak to him. God called his name and began to share with him a plan and said, Moses, I am calling you to go back to Egypt. I'm calling you to to go to Pharaoh and to say, listen, you're going to let my people go out to worship me. It's time to set them free. Well, as any of us, I, you, you can imagine that would be a little bit overwhelming. I don't know about you, but it'd be overwhelming if God suddenly spoke to me and said, hey, uh, uh, you, I want you. I got a message for President Donald Trump and, and you're just going to show up and you're going to give my message. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel a little bit inadequate. And Moses felt a little bit inadequate and so this is this is what he says exodus three thirteen. moses said to god when i go to the israelites and i say to them the god of your ancestors has sent me to you what if the people say what is his name what should i tell them you notice that what if what if you know life is full of what ifs there's a lot of what ifs in life fear begins when we place our faith in the what ifs when we we know there's something we ought to do or God is telling us to do something or to take a, a step of faith and we look at God and we go but but what if what, what if I lose my job but what if my children don't follow you but but what if I get this virus but what if this happens what if nobody believes me what if I don't know enough what if what if I I don't have enough faith what if there's a lot of what ifs this wasn't the only time there was a what if in fact god begins to answer moses and if you flip over to exodus chapter 4 you see that once again moses has another what if he says what if uh, the people of israel do not believe me or listen to me what if they don't believe me well what do i say what if they say the lord did not appear to you the what ifs you know what if have you ever done that before what if what if this treatment doesn't work what if the doctor tells me news that, that I don't want? What if the symptoms that I'm feeling and the things that I'm feeling are really something life-threatening? What if? What if my children don't follow you? What if they take a path? What if they get addicted to drugs or alcohol? What if my marriage falls apart? What if I, what if I don't find anybody and I'm single? What if I get married and I've married the wrong person? There's a lot of what ifs. You see, what ifs are the fear that grips our heart. It's the, it's the unusual circumstances and the fear that can hold us captive and we can become paralyzed by those things. And instead of receiving the joy and peace that God offers us, instead we find ourselves paralyzed by fear. But here's the thing, your, your what ifs are, are not from God, but they mean a lot to God. What, what do I mean by that? Let me share with you two reasons why your fear matters to God. First, what you fear most reveals what you matter what what matters to you most 
What you fear most reveals what matters, what you value the most. It's about value. So, so listen, this is what I mean by that. If you, if you fear that your marriage might not last, it means that you value your marriage. If you fear that something might happen to your kids, it's because you value your kids. If, if you fear possibly losing your job because you're not going to be able to provide for your family, then, then you have a, a fear and security matters to you. Being able to provide for your family matters to you. You know, that's important. And, and, and it shows value. But secondly, why is it important? Because what you fear the most also reveals where you trust God the least. Where you trust God the least. Unfortunately, and I'm not trying to be harsh, I just want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Because in those same things that you value, when you begin to let fear creep in, you begin to say, God, I don't know if I can trust you with this. I don't know if I can trust you with my marriage. I don't know if I can trust you with my children. God, I don't know if I can trust you with my finances to provide for me. I don't know if I can trust you with my security. There's a lot of different areas, but what you fear the most not only reveals what you value the most, but when that fear creeps in, it also reveals where you trust God the least. So, you know, today I want us to get specific, and I want the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to your heart right now, and I want you to take out a a notepad or or your phone, wherever you're taking notes. Maybe you've got a journal right now, and you're, you're taking notes down. I want you to take out a notepad. And I want you to begin to define out what you fear. I want you to to answer this question. I am not trusting God with what? I'm not trusting God with what? Will you be honest today? What are you not trusting God with? I'm not trusting God with my children. I'm not trusting God with my marriage. I'm not trusting God with my spouse. I'm not trusting God with my health. maybe, Maybe your fear is I'm not trusting God with my, with my job or as my provider. I want you to, to write it down. Why? Because you cannot defeat what you will not define. You cannot defeat what you will not define. It's so important for us to write it down and for us to define it out so that we can be able to put a label on it. Why? So that we can bring it to God. So we can say, God, this is what I'm really struggling with. God, this is the fear I'm really struggling with. Now, the remainder of our time, I want to get really practical here because we're going to look at Moses here in Exodus chapter three, and we're going to look at how God responded to Moses. What did God speak to Moses? Because, because I, want to, I want to share with you something very simple. This is going to seem very simple, but yet it's very profound because to overcome fear, in order for us to overcome fear, what's the prescription? Fear diminishes when we know God. Our fear diminishes when we know God. The more we know God, the more our fear diminishes. Now let's see this. Moses was a shepherd. Remember that. He's been out wandering 40 years. He's been in the wilderness 40 years. He he failed. He he had to run. He committed murder. He lost his temper and and he failed. And he thought, you know what? It's over for me. It's done. I'm just going to hide out. And Moses was comfortable for 40 years, but, but God was not done with Moses. And you know what? For some of you, God is not done with you. Your biggest fear is because you failed and you don't think you can move forward. You let that fear hold you captive of your failure holds you captive. But I want you to see this in Moses. 
here's Moses wandering along, but God is getting his attention. And, and this is how God helps Moses to begin to overcome his fear. And this is, this is what God speaks to us to overcome fear. First of all, God, God says this in Exodus 3.13. He answers Moses' fears by saying this, I am who I am. Moses says, what do I tell them my name is? What if they don't believe me? What if they ask me what your name is? And God gives his name. He says, I am, I am that I am. I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. What is I am? It's revealing God's character. It's revealing who he is. You see, this is about being personal. This is about being personal. And that's the first characteristic of God that we see is that God is personal. When Moses says, listen, I want to know your name. They're going to ask me your name. I, I want to know your name. They've been in captivity 400 years and they're not going to believe me unless I say who it is that has sent me. I need to know you. Listen, fear diminishes when we know God, but God has revealed himself to us and wants us to know him personally. God is personal. He's personal. Listen to, listen to this. His covenant name is Yahweh. He gives him his covenant name. But here's what's so important about trust. And I love this psalm. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. Look at this verse. It says, and those who know your name put their trust in you, O Lord. And have, you have not forsaken those who, who seek you. Look what it says about those who know your name. That's very personal. If I don't know somebody's name, I don't know them personally. And if I don't know them personally, it's difficult for me to trust them. Listen, you might not be able to trust God right now with your greatest fears because you don't know him personally. Maybe religiously you do. Maybe you've gone to church or you, 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 you've, you've done the religious things. But it's not about the religious things. It's about knowing God personally. And, and this psalm tells us that you can't trust him until you know him until you know him until you know who he is now listen there were many people that had encounters with god and following their encounters with god they learned some characteristics about god and they attached them to his name for instance one time there was abraham had found how god had provided for him and he said your name is jehovah jireh the lord who provides the lord my provider my provider Another name that we see is Jehovah Rophi, which means God who heals. There's someone that had an encounter with God, a healing encounter with God, and they said, you are Jehovah Rophi, God my healer. Another time that we see in, in the book of Joshua, they called him Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner or the Lord my victory. Another one that we see is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord my shepherd. David knew that. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. He knew the shepherd personally. He knew how the shepherd guided him personally. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace, and on and on and on. And the more you begin to get to know God and the encounters with God and you learn his character and get to know him personally, the more you can trust him. The more your fears will diminish. There's a second characteristic that God reveals and that is his presence in fact, early on, uh, as Moses had said, I, I, I'm not able to go. That was the first thing. Who am I? Why would you come to me? I, I, I can't do this. In verse 12 of Exodus chapter 3, God said, I will be with you. Oh, what an important promise. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought this people out of Egypt, 
Look at what he says. You will worship God on this mountain. God says, listen, you're not going to go alone. I I don't expect you to go alone. I'm not just sending you and I'm going to sit back here and just kind of (laughs) go, okay, good luck, Mo. (laughs) Good luck. No, I'm, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. But notice the sign. The sign is not something that comes before. He says that when you bring them out, you'll worship me on this mountain. That's going to be the sign to you that I was with you. That's faith. Faith is not the sign that comes before obedience. Faith is when we take a step of obedience and we see the fruit of our obedience. That's the sign. God says, listen, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to prove to you I'm with you because you're going to come right back to this place and worship me because you can't do this on your own. I'm going to be with you. You know, there are some of you that need to know that. You need to know that you are not alone, that God is with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. You are not alone. And when we get to know God and when we begin to experience his presence, as we did in worship this morning, this is how I fight my battles. It's through praise and it's through worship. Fear diminishes as we begin to get into the presence of God and we begin to to learn how to rely on his presence. We learn to rely on his presence. Listen, there's something else. We had a sermon series a while back on this. But God talks about his promise. His promise. That's the shirt assurance. Exodus 3, 16 and 17. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob appeared to me and said, I've watched over you and I've seen what's been done to you in Egypt. And I promise to bring you up out of the misery in Egypt into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, to a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, now what's God revealing to Moses? He's revealing to Moses a promise that had been made to their ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And God is saying, Moses, I'm calling you to do this because I'm about to fulfill what I have promised. And he says, I've watched. Over these 400 years that the, that, that, that the Hebrews, that, that the Israelites have been in captivity, that your relatives have been in captivity, I've, I've seen what's going on. I haven't been absent. I know it might seem in that pain, it might seem in their situation that I've been absent, but I haven't been absent. I've been watching what's going on. I've been keeping score and I'm about to fulfill my promise to them. I'm about to fulfill my promise. What I'm going to do is about a promise. Listen, there are promises in God's word. And God tells us that we don't have to fear. The more we get to know God personally, the more we recognize his presence and you get in his word, the more you begin to see the promises of God. And when you know the promises of God and you know who the promise keeper is, your fears diminish. Because even in the midst of your pain, you can say, yes, this is difficult. What we're experiencing with COVID-19 is difficult, but it doesn't mean that God is absent for God is with us and God is a promise keeping God. He has not left us. He is with us. He will deliver us and your fears begin to diminish. When you know God is Jehovah Jireh and you know the promises of provision, your fears diminish because you know that God keeps his promises. 
When you know that God is the one who promises to protect and to be a refuge and a strength, your fears about protection diminish. When you know the promises that he is the God, our healer, then it doesn't matter about sickness and disease because you know that God is a promise keeper and a healing God. And when you know that he has promised to come again and he has promised us through salvation, eternity, then you don't have to fear punishment and you don't have to fear wrath of God. Because you know that there is salvation through Jesus Christ. You don't have to fear death because there is eternal life. God keeps his promises. 2 Peter 3.9 reminds us God's not slow concerning his promises. He has a timing. It may not be our timing, but it's his timing. But you can count on the promises of God. They're yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Fourthly, God reveals his power. And that's so important. Exodus 3, 19 and 20. Look at this. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I'm going to stretch out my hand. I'm going to strike the Egyptians with with all kinds of wonders that I will perform among them. And after that, he will let them go. You know, Moses was concerned. I don't have the power. I don't have the ability. I don't have the influence. God said, you don't have to worry about that because this isn't about you. This isn't about your power. This isn't about your personality. This isn't about your ability. This isn't about you. This is about what I'm going to do. Friends, when we get to understand the power of God, when we know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, then we have an overcoming victory that comes through Jesus Christ. And when you know the power of God that's at work, combined with the promises of God, combined with the presence of God, combined with the personal nature as you know God, your fears begin to diminish. Listen, our fears diminish when we know God and God wants you to know his power. That's why we celebrate at Easter the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. The scriptures say, live in me, live in me. Now listen, the next chapter, Exodus chapter four, God illustrates this. Moses, as we said, is still asking the what ifs. Even after all of this, Moses is adding the what ifs. And God begins to take a personal illustration. He says, Moses, I want you to join with me in this illustration. Here's what I want you to do. See that staff that's in your hand? I want you to throw it down. Look at this, Exodus chapter four, <coughs> excuse me, two through four. What is that in your hand? A staff, Moses replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. So what did Moses do? Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake. And look at the fear, Moses runs from it. I don't know about you, I'm a little afraid of snakes. I'd probably run from it too. Then the Lord said this, man, this, you want to talk about faith, reach out your hand and, and take it by the tail. Now, listen, when you pick up a snake, if you are a snake, handler, you don't pick it up by the tail. All right. That is an act of faith right there. But look at this. When he reached out and took the snake, it, it, it turned back into a, a staff in his hand. You know what God illustrates to us? Something very important that what's in our hand is natural. Moses was a shepherd. His security was in that staff. His protection, when, when there was a wild animal or beast that would try to come at them and take one of the sheep, that staff was used as a weapon to protect the sheep and to protect Moses. It was security. That staff represented identity. It represented who Moses was as a shepherd. It, it represented his identity. It represented his ability to be able to rescue the sheep and to deliver them. It was a tool. In his hands, it was just a natural tool. But when God said, throw it down, when it was outside of his hands, supernatural things happened. It became something that it wasn't before supernaturally. 
Listen, you might want to control things. Fear makes us hang on to things and control things. But I want to tell you something. When it's in your hands, it's just natural. When it's in your hands and you're controlling, then God can't work. But if you will begin to let it go, well, you will trust God with what's in your hands. You'll trust him with your identity. You'll trust him with your security. You'll trust him with your protection. And you will begin to throw that down and say, God, it's in your hands. You will see the mighty power at God, of God do miracles you haven't expected. Finally, today, uh, God begins to, to reveal to Moses one more thing. And it's very important to us today. Characteristic provision. Provision. Exodus chapter 3, we see a strong reminder. Uh, Israel has been slave for 400 years, and they've been at the mercy of the Egyptian government. Basically, the Egyptian government has been their only provider. Whatever source they had, whether it was the straw to be able to, to build the bricks that they had to build, or whether it was the food, and we know that later when they complained about what they were provided for, they were provided by Israel or by Egypt. But God wanted to show them that he would be their provider. Listen to what he says here in Exodus chapter 3, 21 and 22. He said, I'm going to make the Egyptians favorably disposed to this people so that when you leave, you will not go. Look at this empty handed. <laughs> Every woman has asked their neighbor and uh, women living in her house for articles of silver and gold for clothing, which you put on your sons and your daughters. And look at this. You will plunder the Egyptians. You know what? They had been slaves and they had not received the pay for all their hard work. Not to mention the fact that God was about to take them on a journey to the promised land. But before they would leave Egypt, he was going to provide for them. Now, I don't know about you, but looking at this, if you were to tell these slaves that not only was God going to deliver them and set them free, but that they were gonna walk out with silver and gold and clothing and, and, and all of those things, you'd laugh, you'd say, that's impossible. You might look right now at the economy right now, you're small, maybe you're a business owner and your business has gone down and you think, this is never going to turn around. You might think there is no way I'm coming out of this. You might think, you know what, I, I'm getting so far in the hole, I don't know how this is going to happen. Listen, listen, God is able to provide for you miraculously. You might be laughing at that. They were laughing at that. But I want to tell you something, God did what he promised. For, for after those plagues, after the mighty hand of God, Man, they were, they were wanting them to go. They were giving them gold and silver. They were giving them all that they needed. They were giving them provision before they needed. Why? Because God, God provides. God is a provider. When you, begin, uh, when you begin to know God personally, listen to this. When you know God personally today, when you begin to know him personally, you begin to experience his presence. You recognize he's a promise keeper. You recognize that he has the power and you recognize he is gracious and he is able to provide. Your fear diminishes. Your fear diminishes. Listen, we overcome fear by knowing God personally. I want to invite you to know God personally today. God wants you to be victorious over fear. God wants to give you victory over fear. But that comes by knowing God personally. There are some of you today, you need to begin to release what's in your hands. You need to begin to release what's in your hands. You've got to begin to let that go. You've got to begin to give that to God and you will see God do supernatural things. Now I want to pray. And if you've not received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that. I want to invite you to get to know God personally. If you don't know God personally, I want to invite you to know God personally. 
And I'm going to invite you to pray with me in just a few moments. And I'm also going to pray for those that are, you're, you're just struggling in fear. You are, you are bound in fear. And I want to pray that God will help you overcome fear. But as we pray, if you need to invite Jesus into your life, I want to invite you to pray with me. I want to invite you to pray with me. I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life, to ask him to forgive you of your sin. Because when you have Christ in your life, you can become victorious, victorious over fear, victorious and have peace in your life. Will you pray with me right now? Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you today for your precious promises. We thank you today for your presence and that you are personal, that you are I am, that you are I am, that you are the one who is able to provide and give life. Jesus, right now, we invite you into our lives. If that's you, pray with me right now. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me of my unrighteousness. Cleanse me of my sin today. Come into my life. I need your peace. I need to know you personally. I place my faith in you today. And I ask you, Lord, to walk with me and to give me confidence and to help me overcome fear and overcome temptation and overcome sin i give my life to you in jesus name amen and father i just pray right now if that's you today you're struggling with fear father break fear right now break fear in jesus name right now break fear in jesus name we ask you lord to do that in the name of jesus amen hey if you pray with us today will you do me a favor will you Email me at info at PainesvilleAG.com. Will you take, if you downloaded the app, will you go to the connect section and fill out the decision card? If you prayed that prayer, maybe just leave it in the comments or direct message us today. One of the, we want to come alongside you. We want to send you something in the mail. We want to encourage you today because we want to walk with you because you can walk victorious. If you've got a prayer request, email those prayer requests. We're praying for you each and every day. Now, Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you are encouraged and strengthened by God's word. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, please visit PainesvilleAG.com.